Welcome to the How to Be a TV Star podcast in association with Plop Entertainment. Right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, actors, presenters, superstars of the making, uh, welcome to podcast number six on the How to Be a TV Star podcast series. The subject of tonight's podcast is developing a game plan. My name's Nick Piper. I'm very pleased that you're here. I'm a presenter, tutor at the National Institute of Dramatic Art. You've probably heard enough from me, so I'm going to turn you over to my Plop Entertainment co-founder, Derek Sue. Thanks, Nick. Look, this week, as you said, we're talking, we're talking about developing your game plan. That is, coming up with your strategy and setting out the many goals you need to achieve within a specific time frame so you can gauge and monitor your progress as you work towards your career goals. Developing a game plan. Well, you really need to start implementing a measured game plan that will act as your guide uh, to your TV presenting success. Now, obviously, this is sort of important in any realm of business or life, I guess, is if you have a plan, you've got a measurable goal, you've got a destination. You need to work almost backwards from that destination. Now, for most of you, you're still new to this, so you won't have any idea, I guess, in, this, in regards to the steps that you need to be taking. But what we want to do now is pretend that you've just purchased, as I mentioned in the newsletter that accompanies this podcast, a wall planner or a planning chart, or even a large diary. So you just have in front of you, on a daily, on a weekly basis, sort of almost like a structure or a map towards where you're heading. Now, one thing that I found particularly useful when I was starting out is is going out and buying coloured pens or felt tips or pencils. So you've just got different regions of your plan coloured in a different colour. So it gives you an idea, again, of distinguishing what areas of your TV presenting career you're working in. And the areas are broken down into several. Let's work through them one by one. The first is research. Now, we've talked about this, watching TV to analyse areas of weakness or areas of strength, watching TV to identify plausible opportunities um, where your genre might fit, building a contact list from that research, uh, reading industry press and trade publications. Now, that is all pretty much categorised as research. So let's say, for example, use a yellow or a green colour for that. What you need to do is highlight during the week, during the month, what time you're going to be dedicating to that research. Now, research should be completed within about 12 months. So within a year, and that's why a wall planner, or at least a large diary, is helpful. Within a year, that research should be completed to a reasonable level. Your next category would be your decision. Now, this is an immediate um, area of concern, which should be completed within the six months, if anything. And now the decision area is really deciding on your genre, your demographic, your show type. So refining basically your list of possible um, areas in which you're going to be working in. That will also mean refining your list of management agents, networks and shows that you're going to be best suited for. So within the next six months, Six months from now, for example, you should know where you fit, where you're heading. Within 12 months, you've built up enough research to determine exactly who you should be making contact with. Practical is the next step. Now, this you need to give yourself about 18 months, so you're looking at about a year and a half. Now, in that time, you need to enroll in a TV presenting course, attend that course, start practicing by yourself with a camera out of class time, learning to write your own scripts, learning to film yourself in front of camera out of class time, attend voice classes because everyone needs a little bit of vocal training along the way, Um, start scripting your showreel. We're going to be touching on showreels a bit later on in the podcast during the year. Looking at your first resume, 
printing it up, drafting it, and also looking for a good headshot photographer. So let's just repeat a little bit. Let's go over a little bit what I've just explained. Six months, you need to make a decision. Within 12 months, your research is complete. Within 18 months, your practical component isn't necessarily completed because you're always training and always practicing, but it's more along the lines of making sure that now it's automatic, it's pedantic, it's part of your day. And the final step, or at least the final area of your planning, and this is to be completed within two years, is action. In other words, within two years, you've completed your full presentation package, so you have a full resume. Now, when I say full resume, I mean you might have a blank page at this particular point, but certainly within the next two years, you need to find different gigs and uh, certainly different professional paid, unpaid events or gigs that you can put on that resume. You need to have your headshot completed. You need to have your showreel completed. You really need to have marketed yourself comprehensively to networks, agents, and producers. You need to now have made contact with them. Um, it would even help within the two years that you've even got yourself an agent and that you are training every day. Now, the importance of implementing that game plan is that you have a step-by-step -step idea of the slow but the steady progress that you, uh, you need to have that's required. Now, you might have already noticed that the length of time I'm referring to is really in years, six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. Um, unless you have the intention of abandoning all of your full-time work, and I don't particularly encourage you to, to give up your day job. We're going to touch on that in the next podcast. Um, unless you're still, I guess, living your life, then it would be reasonable enough to expect that two years is a good time frame in which to work in. Um, anything less than that is unrealistic because you will not be working on it full time. Now, um, I mentioned in the newsletter, I'm going to repeat the sentiment. Derek used the analogy uh, a couple of podcasts ago, which I completely endorse. And he was talking about how a doctor needs to, to train and to study for six years before they become fully fledged as a professional. Now, if two years is something that you don't think you can commit to before making some kind of impassioned and determined attempt on becoming a TV professional... Um, then you have a problem. Two years is not a lot of time to ask. All right? Does that all make sense? I think that's great, Nick. I think you've really broken it down to really simple, easy steps there. That's that's awesome. Look, um, I think uh, that that's great. So next week, make sure, make sure you stay tuned because we'll be covering treating your career as a business. So we'll be t picking up from what we've done this week and taking that next step. And just a reminder to you as well, if, you've, if there was a lot of information in a short space of time, please refer to the newsletter because I've broken it down um, into all of those different components, the four components of your game plan. Now it's time for the fact of the week. The fact for this podcast is a bit of a perler for all of those marketing and advertising gurus amongst you. About one-third of the TV audience pay close attention to the average commercial message. About one-third pay no attention at all. They leave the room, change the channels, go to the toilet, etc. The middle third pay partial attention. In other words, they might talk through the ad, turn the sound down and so on, but are still available. In other words, they still take notice of the advertisement. Now, the reason why this has significance, particularly to those people who live um, in Australia, is that there are, I think it's 22 minutes per half hour, I mean, broadcast minutes, which means there are about eight minutes of commercials, which is, which is quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, you, you actually, you probably don't think it's that much when you're watching television, but it, it does take up a considerable chunk of your time of watching television. 
Yeah, it sure does. Now, the significance for TV presenters, and this is always what I say to my students, is that if you've got eight minutes of commercials per half hour, it means you've got a heck of a lot of sponsors putting a lot of money in that half hour. Your role as a TV presenter is all the more important because you have to make sure that those sponsors are satisfied. In other words, if you put in, let's say, for example, you're um, a, a travel show presenter, if you're not compelling and your story isn't told well enough and you as a personality aren't engaging that audience and they tune into the other channel, then those commercial dollars, the revenue that the network otherwise would gain, is lost in the long term. Um, which I guess you could say, well, the commercials are boring and they don't, you know, they bore most audience members to death. Uh, the importance for you as a performer is that all of a sudden your lives are not so much caught in the balance of how creative and how professional you are as a presenter, but in terms of the money that's been piled into your television show, that you, in essence the ratings are, you know, you are slave to the ratings and to the commercial dollar. You're listening to the How to Be a TV Star podcast in association with Flop Entertainment. For more information, links and resources, please visit www.howtobeatvstar.com. Okay, it's time for letters from our readers. And the very first letter this week comes from Simeon Johansson from Harar in Zimbabwe. I have an empty resume. How do I fix that? Yeah, uh, this is a question that's often asked. Uh, and you, it's a case of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in a way because without a full resume, it's very hard to get work, but it's hard to get work if you don't have a full resume. Uh, at the end of the day, Simeon, the responsibility lies within your hands. Um, you need to go out and find work that you can add to your resume. So if you were to sit there thinking, now what relevant jobs or gigs, paid or unpaid, professional amateur that I could go out and get that would look good on my resume – um, then you would be very hard-pressed to not find something in your local area, musical theatre, local community television, um, even your local networks, radio stations who may need a runner, who may need just somebody as a personal assistant. Uh, you can offer your services as a student in training. Um, anything that you could, short film production, for example, anything that would look like not so much professional work on your resume, but something on your resume. If I'm an agent or a casting director, you came in and you had nothing on your resume as, expo as opposed to something along the lines of volunteer work over the last 12 months, I would look at you as somebody who was obviously very, very keen, didn't matter whether or not you were paid, you were, were willing to do it, um, and you were actually making a real effort to get your finger on the pulse of the, of the industry. I think... Uh, there are many easy ways of doing that, but really, at the end of the day, you have to be the one who provides that impetus. Great stuff. Now, letter two comes from James Gray from Sydney, and he asks, is TV presenting becoming more like TV producing? Well, I'm going to throw my five cents in, and then I'm going to throw it to Derek because you know he has personal experience of this to a certain degree as well. What James is getting at here, I think, is a valid point. Is a TV presenter now becoming a TV producer? Or should we say is a TV presenter now becoming a TV presenter stroke producer. Um, gone are the days where it is enough for you to just jump in front of the camera. With the advent of technology being the way it is, um, broadcast platforms such as YouTube, etc., people are now um, getting very used to the idea of actually producing their own work. It increases your market value, it increases your skill set, but more importantly, it means that you understand the process a little bit better. Um, I think... Nowadays, networks are looking at people who can write, people who can produce, people have an idea of how to tell a story in a short space of time, what a story arc means, what an editing um, sheet looks like. 
And I think you're just increasing your chances of success by taking on more skills than simply standing in front of the camera. What, what do you reckon, Derek? Am I right there? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that also, um, also because the, the industry is becoming ever so more competitive, it's always going to be less uh, expensive or less costly to a network or a production company if they can hire someone who can, do, who can help in both parts of the job. Um, and I'd also like to make a parallel type of a analogy. If you look at the music industry, an artist who can write and produce their own material is always going to be more valuable to a record company than someone who can just only sing. And you'll notice that most of those people also have a, a longer, have a greater longevity if they do um, get involved with that aspect of, of producing. Yep, great advice, Derek. Now, if any of you have any questions that you want to send us, please do, because without the questions, we actually will have to get rid of the segment. Um, we do love your letters. We get plenty of them. Um, most of you ask the same kind of questions, which is great, but if you have something that you think sounds a little silly to ask, it's never too silly for us, and the email address to send it to is... Ask us, that's A-S-K-U-S, at howtobeatvstar.com. Okay, just before we finish this podcast, just want to mention uh, the special bonuses that you do get when you order the How to Be a TV Star Home Study Program. There's actually three bonuses. You get the Bill, you get Bill Pepper's Voice in Action DVD. Now, I know Nick, you've had uh, you've had some tuition from Nick. What what do you think of his methods and actually bringing out the best in your voice? Look, Bill Pepper is uh, without a doubt, and this is something that you'd find very hard for him to admit to. But he is one of the best voice coaches around, and you just need to look at his um, credentials in, in order to understand how you know important this guy's been. I mean, Mel Gibson, Kate Blanchett, and even little old you out there, if you want some voice lessons off Billy, charges pretty much the same rate. He's, right, he's fantastic because he loves the art of the voice in action. Um, when I first arrived in Australia, I had a New Zealand accent, which is still kind of strong, I guess, to a certain degree. But with Bill, it gave me a great understanding, I think, of, of what I was doing wrong. And the, the important thing with Bill, and certainly you'll get this in the DVD, is that it's more than just what you sound like. It's how you hold yourself, how you breathe. It's, it's more of a, almost a body in action as opposed to just the voice in action. And it's hugely beneficial to performers, uh, actors, presenters, etc., who really want to understand the mechanics of, of how to use your voice, not only from obviously what's coming out your mouth, but your diaphragm, your stomach, your shoulders, your neck, your esophagus, etc. It's great. And a jaw. That exercise that he always encourages to do, loose jaw, rubber jaw, is the hardest thing I think I've ever done. And I lift big weights in the gym. All right, anyway. thanks, Nick. Look, that's just one of the special bonuses that you get with when you order the How to Be a TV Star program. So make sure you do check it out. It's at www.howtobeatvstar.com. Well, that's it for another podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Good luck with your TV careers as always. We do enjoy having you. Um, spread the word, by the way. Spread the word. If you've got friends who want the, their hands on the podcast and uh, they want to listen to it while they're going for the little run in the mornings or uh, sitting on the bus on their way to work, please spread the word. Pass it on. Um, so from me, Nick Piper, it's goodbye. And from me, Derek Sue, it's also goodbye. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the How to Be a TV Star podcast in association with Flop Entertainment. More information, resources and links can be found at www.howtobeatvstar.com.